Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right. Welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I, today, we are going to be turning you dreamers into lovers. We have a couple here today that I am very excited to introduce. We have Evan Rose and Alex Terranova. Evan Rose is a self-love and dating coach who has helped hundreds of women take an empowered approach to creating the love they desire and deserve. And Alex Terranova is a personal and professional performance alchemist, which I love your title. And I want to talk about alchemy a little bit. So let's pin that one. Uh, He's also a coach, a two-time author, a podcast host who works with men whose achievements and financial success have not created the rewarding, joyful, and fulfilling life and business they desire. Evan and Alex have taken the unique way they met and fell in love and created Your Love Adventure, a bold, fun, heart-centered new approach to modern dating. You guys, we got to kind of start there. Tell us how you met. Tell us how you met, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> All right. So the short the short version, because we could, we could do a whole podcast just telling the story, mm-hmm. is um, I was sitting in a bar in Santa Barbara with my cousin, who I think you know, Brittany cotton mm-hmm. and um we were kind of making fun of each other around like the patterns right and the stories and the narratives and the similarities the things we always do in dating that aren't serving us and i looked at her and went what if you just chose who i dated from now on and she kind of was like well that sounds fun i'll do play that game and that quickly expanded to i had a wedding that i was supposed to go to in tulum for a friend a friend's wedding and that had been totally disturbed with 2012, everything that was going on, right, in 2012. Right. And so the plans that I had originally made, the relationships I was in, the plans had, had fallen apart multiple times. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, why don't you just pick who goes to Tulum with me? Mm-hmm. And I threw that online as kind of a joke. Like, I have two tickets to Tulum. I'm looking for a woman. And this <laughs> is not like a hookup trip. This is like, I'm actually looking for a relationship, but like... Let's try to do this really differently. The apps aren't working, traditional dating. It's not hard to find a date, but it's not, it just keeps going the same. And we created an online contest where I was, right, the bachelor basically. But the catch here that I think people really loved was I picked five friends who are all coaches, all different kinds of coaches. Yes. To decide who would be the like the winning woman to go with me. So right, my blind spots, my nonsense, yeah. the things that the, the pitfalls I fall into wouldn't get in the way. And Evan, uh, we'd never met, but I think, I don't know if you know Kaylin McDuff. We both were friends, are good friends with her, but had never met each other and had never even heard of each other. Mm-hmm. And I was on an episode of Kaylin's podcast, Any Way You Want It. And Kaylin was at the end of it was like, oh my God, I need to tell Evan about this. Mm-hmm. And well, you can I got I got that text from Kaylin being like, I don't know how I haven't thought of this before, but you two really need to connect. I see so much potential here. Um, and I was just really inspired by this pretty bold, you know, different um thing that that Alex had created to find love. I was like, well, that feels a lot more fun than swiping or, you know, meeting people how I had been. Um, and I, I jumped in and that was the beginning of, of it all. So were you, would you say that you were dating at that time or it kind of came out of the blue? Like, were you available? Cause I know like 
as a single person, sometimes we're actively trying to find somebody. And then sometimes we're just like in our own energy and all of that. Where, where would you say you were in your journey? I was really intentionally calling in a a partner. Yeah. I had started the year. I had started 2021 with really owning my, my deepest desire at that time. You know, I had this thriving business. I'd been coaching for six years and supporting so many women in finding love and creating these beautiful relationships. And um, I just felt so clear and so ready that this was this was the year that I was calling him in. Um, and, you know, I had started the year using the apps and dating in, in other kind of traditional ways. And I had some connections that were, you know, interesting, almost there, not quite there, but nothing felt really aligned. Nothing felt even close to the partnership that I was ready for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I found out about Alex's dating experiment, yeah, I, I had actually already deleted the apps, not from a place of like frustration or angst around it, but um, really just feeling like this isn't, this isn't resonating right now. Yeah. This feels like a, an energy leak, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so instead I was just really intentionally showing up fully in my own life. I was, I had over the summer joined a community choir just to get back to my like performing arts roots and get lit up. And I was meeting some people through that community and, um, you know, just being more out and about in the world and Mm. really open. Mm. I, so, oh my gosh, I'm so happy about what you're sharing and how you're sharing it. And I just, I wrote a three times alignment, 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 and authenticity. And so we're going to talk about that, but I wanted to say about Alex, I watched this unfold in real time. So like, thank you for sharing it here in this moment. But like, I remember you posting, like, I'm letting my friends pick my girlfriend. Like, this is how it's going to go. <laughs> like, okay, man. And what was really cool about that is I wasn't shocked or I didn't think that was silly. I, you know, especially in the coaching world to have, it seems incredibly intentional, actually, not just like, let's throw up whatever on the wall and see what sticks. It was much more like our, um, I wrote coaches see us better than we see ourselves, right? In our industry, in our world, in our work, it's to hold up a mirror, right? To the things that we are in our blind spots, the things that we can't see. And so who better than our our friends who are also coaches to really connect and partner with us in such a mission, right? So I think it's really beautiful. I think it's really amazing. And you guys are offering this to people in the world. Can we just skip right ahead and talk about that for a minute? We really recognized it wasn't just like I picked five friends, right? It was a mix of men and women, mm-hmm. gay and straight, mm-hmm. people that were super close to me and people that were not as close to me, yeah. right? So there were so many different lenses that these people were supporting me through. And I think that was huge, right? Yeah. I purposely didn't pick my mom or my brother. Right. Nothing wrong with my mom or my brother, but they would have, that wasn't the intentionality I was looking for, right? So yeah. it was done all of this was done while it was created in kind of like a drinking silliness. Yeah. We, it was, I think that actually the, the, that opened up a portal that we couldn't see from like in that playfulness. And then we had to go, okay, wait, now there's something here. How do we make it more concrete? And then when Evan and I were in Tulum together, it was apparent right away. Like we didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, we fell in love, but we didn't know that a program was going to come out of this, but we both had this sense that there's something here that's different, right? It might not work. It's, there is no formula for love, right? It's not right. like, I don't you care. Didn't crack the code, right? <laughs> there's no code, but there's, but this is different. 
And for, look, if you love the apps, great. If you're, if the apps yeah. are serving you, right. If you love matchmakers, if you love going to bars, right. Do, but if you're feeling like we were, which was like burned out over it, not having fun, not enjoying the process. And we're people that actually liked dating, mm-hmm. right. So it wasn't like we're the people that were like, oh, dating is the worst. No, we were like dating is fun. And then it wasn't anymore. Mm-hmm. So when we looked at this, we went, okay, what are like the pillars that made this possible, right? That just created the possibility. So we looked at things, like you said, like intentionality, um, surrender, authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Expanding your comfort zone was a really mm-hmm. big one, right? That we were like, the very fact that we did something so different than what we've been doing before, right? Right. And that called us up to like put ourselves out there really boldly and owning what we wanted. And you know, being inside of a process that just shakes things up, it really has you look at and confront the places where we play it safe, the places where we close our hearts, the places where we avoid rejection, the places where we um, just kind of like default into those, those patterns that end up playing out the same way over and over again, regardless of where we met the person. I think that's a big thing is it's actually not about you know, oh, you'll meet your person through this avenue versus a dating app versus a bar. Um, It's just using that process Mm -hmm. to really kind of like excavate Mm -hmm. what all has been getting in my way, Mm -hmm. what all is keeping me from having a next level kind of experience and, and deep connection and creating a foundation for something that could really last and evolve and, and right. Like be what we want. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, we, you know, we responded to the, all of the people out there who are like, not only were we following along and loving watching you two, but like, how do I do this? Make this for me, please. Yes. So how does that look now? Because is it a group program that people join? Is it one-on-one? Like, what does this actual container look like? Yeah, it's a group program. You know, we so much of, aside from Alex having his, creating his team of his friends who supported him, you know, I over in my world through the whole process, what was so leaning into my community for support throughout it. Um, And all of my work working with women, coaching women over the years, at this point I do in community because I, it's just invaluable to have other people holding you, supporting you, cheering you on when you get scared, right? Getting inspired by other people's breakthroughs and wins, mm-hmm. other people voicing, you know, bringing something into the coaching conversation that maybe someone else sitting on the call wouldn't have even thought that they needed. And then they're like, oh shit, that's the breakthrough that I've been missing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we created a group container where we are guiding our clients through all of that inner work that we've talked about, right? So really we're not just like throwing them out there with a dating adventure because we do online or anywhere else. Yeah. Right? A lot of people that were reaching out to me were like, I'm going to do this. And in my head, it was like, well, good luck. Right. First mm-hmm. of all, you don't realize how much work it is. Like I, I think I didn't right. work a month. Like for a month, I was like talking about it, promoting it, all my focus and energy building was, a website, right. Was I into mean. this space. Right. So there's not just that. But if I had just done this without doing, without the intentional, the, the intentional right. 
this work? I would have just done, I would have taken the exact same kind of woman that I would have found on an app to Tulum. We might've had a great trip and it would have been ultimately a disaster. Like lots of my other relationships have been. Um, so I think that there's that aspect, right? That this isn't a, it's so much more than just like, oh, I could just do DIY this. Yeah. And yeah. You could. I, the word that comes to me is like haphazard. You know what I mean? To just haphazardly put this concept together when really, like you said, I think intentionality is the key word to this because you're, you hand selected the individuals that were going to be working with you and, and the, keeping in mind their background. Cause like you said, you didn't include your father or, or mother or brother because it's, I think that that's so important because like mom just wants a, a girl for her boy, like kind of thing. And so there's a lot of attachments that come with it. And when, when you said that who you selected and, and the diversity of who you selected is they're not attached to your outcome necessarily. They're looking to guide, support, partner, you know, and, and really evaluate, like truly look and evaluate. And so, um, yeah, scale of one to 10, how'd this turn out? <laughs> Same numbers, different numbers. One, two, two three, three 11. Uh oh. <laughs> so, <Uh-oh. laughs> I think, you know, you were saying before, um, it starts with the intentionality. It starts with the the personal growth, the like actually looking at, and we do this with really intensely, actually, with the people that do the program. Yeah really looking at your patterns, your habits, your behaviors. We, we have some things that we look at that we call like your love loopholes, your dating demons, right? The, these things mm. that, not, that when we've asked our clients to get aware of, they're clear on them, mm. but they're not present when, to them when they're dating typically. Yeah. And then we take them and we share them mm-hmm. with, right? We have them like share them with their community that we've helped them create. Like, who are you going to pick and why are you picking these people? So again, yeah. they're not just picking their be- four best friends mm-hmm. who might have their own agenda. We also create ways to help support those people to powerfully pick because, you know, if, if you were doing this and you chose me and we were like best friends, right? I have my own agenda of who I want you to be with. Mm-hmm. And so, or who I might like, who I might like to date might not actually be the right person for you, right? right. So we need to there's so many of these behind the scenes kind of games that we need to like cultivate and train and teach. And ultimately the clients are actually just making all the decisions. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of showing them, Hey, if you go this route, right, this is what's predictable. If you go this route and, mm-hmm. and they're really also even saying what's predictable down each of those roads, right. But we're facilitating the conversations to have them create that awareness. And then really the adventure gets built. The adventure is, is almost secondary to the, the work that has to be done first. Yeah. yeah, I dig that. I dig it so much. And I loved listening to you talk about the program itself because it sounds a lot like a self-study. Like it's a very individual program that then leads to partnership and love and connection and, and all of that. And so like that self-study of what uh, you said, like those love loopholes and the other different aspects is like, I know my shit. So how do how can I like navigate dating and, and finding connection in that? So like the application and then the integration of that. So very, very cool. And I would love to kind of shift into, we've been talking about you guys. Well, first off, where can someone register, apply, get to meet you guys and find out more about that? Yeah. So I'd say the two best ways, if you head to yourloveadventure.com, at the bottom of that homepage, there's a, um, a questionnaire that you can fill out. And you can do that anytime, regardless of when we're launching, what offer we're launching. Right. It's just a really great way to um, 
share with us a bit about you and what you're looking for. And um, I also imagine you'd have some some eye-opening moments even as you fill that out because it has yeah. to take a little look mm-hmm. um, at some of your patterns and what you might need. Mm-hmm. That is the best way to to just kind of initially get connected. And then you'll be the first ones to hear when we when we open up a new invitation. Yes. Um, you can also just message us on Instagram anytime yeah. at, at Your Love Adventure or either of our personal pages. We're always so happy to to just connect. That's great. That's perfect. Um, thank you for that because I can imagine we have we have listeners all over the world, about 80 countries right now. So like it's like, ooh, where can I find love? I, I know a lot of yeah. us are looking for it. So that's awesome. And um that being said, I'd love to kind of we talked about being a couple, but let's pull that apart a little bit. Alex, you're an alchemist. I want to hear about being an alchemist and what that means and what you do. It's so funny that because that you know, that word itself was given, was kind of like given to me by a coach. Mm who said to me, you're not, you're not a coach. Like, I mean, I'm right in my training, but he was like, you're doing so much more. You, you're constantly looking for kind of like the coal or the dirt or like you're digging through things and you're trying to make them into something else. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think in a lot of ways, especially for men, we've never, we're like dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a in a way that I, it sounds weird, you know we've we've been socialized and and grown up to like push down our feelings and eliminate our emotions and evaluate all our successes like money, women, cars, uh, like achievements. Mm-hmm. We've made ourselves into these like performance robots in a lot of ways. Women too, right? Like, but in a in a in a society that's really for hundreds of years pushed that men are that. Yeah. Um, and obviously women have, have joined in on that too, right? Women are suffering the same things. And then we look at our world and we're like miserable and unhappy and suicidal and they're crazy about all these things. It's like not working. I personally like did, had to transform myself into something like something more valuable than what I was, which alchemy is all about taking like basic metals and turning them into gold, which I think that's what we all are, right? We're all these we're, basic is kind of a, a mean word in today's terminology, but we all, we all have this opportunity to be gold. Yeah. And so whether I'm working with men on turning their relationships into gold or their friendships or their businesses, it's kind of all already there. They have everything they need. Yeah. We just have to transform it. And I think that ultimately I talk about performance a lot. And what I do is like, we all want to perform better whether that be in with our partners, as parents, as leaders, as owners of businesses, right? And performing better doesn't mean making more money. It means whatever you want, right? If you want, my thing, my thing is I want my life to feel like a one big vacation. So how do I, how do I create a, how do I perform or create a life that feels like that more and more every day? Like, how do I get better at creating that feeling in my life, that experience of my life? And you have, um, I've seen you promote your book, Functional Authenticity. Did I say that right? Fictional Authenticity. Fictional Authenticity. So I would imagine, tell me a little bit more about that because I imagine this plays a role. Yeah, I think this is, for me at least, it was the starting point. And I don't make, you know, my clients read my book. That's Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I do think that we don't know who we are. All of us, men, women, people who identify as, non-binary like we actually people identify as non-binary probably know who they are better than most of (laughs) us do um but 
we we've grown up and we've been socialized and we've been conditioned yes. by right our churches, our temples, our parents, our schools, everything. Mm-hmm. And I think so many of us are what do we actually like? What do we actually dislike? Yeah. What do we want outside of all these things? Fictional authenticity is, was about my search for who I thought I was and the life I had created. Mm-hmm. So I had created the life that I had and it was a good life, but it wasn't mm-hmm. authentic, but it felt authentic because I created it Yes, through all the socialization and conditioning. So it was really how, how I took it apart, you know, right, peeled the layers off. And then from that more foundational place got to say, it's kind of the, the next phase outside of that book is like, hey, what do I want my life experience to be? How do I want to feel about my life? Because I think that's all that really matters. If you have a million dollars and you hate your life, what a waste mm-hmm. of a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And if you love your life and you have no money, then you don't need a million dollars, right? Yeah. So what's the experience you want to have? What are you committed to mm-hmm. that will support you having that experience? Mm-hmm. And then what are your goals, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's, we do, we flipped it. Mm-hmm. But I think if you don't know who you are first, right? If you really don't do that work to find out who you, who you authentically are, what you mm-hmm. authentically care about, then we're creating goals based on what we think we should be doing. And then we find ourselves hitting those goals and still being unhappy. So yes, it, yeah. it's together. I think that's like the most telltale sign is you have a, let's call it a fine life, you know, on the from the outside looking in is like you hit all the marks, all the check check boxes and everything and still no fulfillment, like ding, ding, ding. Let's take a look at that one. You know? So, um, thank you for that. Cause I've definitely walked my own version of that journey. And, uh, I think you guys probably as coaches get to walk with a lot of people on that journey, realizing like, yep, I've hit all the achievements and I still don't like, there's more to me. There's more to life. There's more to this. And, and what is that, that, that big question mark. So, um, thank you for bringing that to the table. Cause, um, I think also, you know, that, can be very true in relationship. Obviously, we're you know it can be true everywhere of life, but a lot of people end up in certain relationships. I was just having this talk with another client. Is like so many of us end up in relationships because it's what we think we're supposed to do, because that's something that makes us look successful or validates us or whatever. And we even choose people, as you kind of mentioned you're about your previous dating life, is like we just choose out of conditioning or um, what we, who, who we think we are, therefore who we think we're compatible with, or we don't even look at compatibility. So, I mean, there's all different aspects to that. And so, so Evan, you're a self-love and dating a coach. So how do you help people with all of the confusion we just kind of talked about? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting as Alex was sharing, I was like, wow, there's so much overlap really in the way that we, that we support people because Um, so often my clients come into me with so much, um, just like so much weight on their shoulders and anxiety around dating. And so much of that stems from, you know, these, these self doubts and fears of like, do I even deserve, am I even worthy of the kind of partnership that I want? Um, these ideas of who they need to be in order to write and, man, there's like so much in the dating world. There's, (laughs) there's so much kind of gimmicky. Mm. you know, flashy talk out there around like, say these five things to get him to commit or like all of this, <laughs> all of this bullshit that just yeah. perpetuates these ideas that we have to be a certain way that we're, 
we're performing in our dating lives. We're like sending this representative version of ourselves. We're contorting ourselves into who we think we have to be. We're accommodating and people pleasing and dimming down what we actually want and what we need and acting like we're cool with something being casual when it's not what we want. And we're not sitting back all of this that, that I certainly experienced for years also before I came to this work for myself. Mm. Um, and then, you know, that's either not even getting us to a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. We're like either avoiding our dating lives completely out of fear or we're playing out these, you know, getting stuck in these like situationships, these uncommitted, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or if we, if we get to relationship, it's the same conversation we've been having. We're actually, we've, okay, now I've got a partner and I'm not fulfilled. I, where's the, where's that deep connection and intimacy that I, you know, that Disney told me like comes along yeah. with, right. Finding the, the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so really like stepping back, right. We, in all of my programs and my work with cook with our clients, just like in your love adventure, we don't start with okay, here's the strategy to go out there and date. Right. We really start with creating a foundation of, of a loving relationship with ourselves, yeah. of, of deep worthiness mm-hmm. um, and detaching that from the external, mm-hmm. right? From our bodies, from our achievements, from our relationship history, mm-hmm. um, discovering our desires, our needs, our boundaries, mm-hmm. um, what we're actually looking for in a partner and then how to show up with authenticity, with with vulnerability, um, how to create depth of connection. Mm, I love this. I have lots of like, oh, there's so many little nuggets of gold in there. (laughs) So thank you. And um, first off, I, when you said the how to, here's the five things to say, it was like very cosmopolitan dating, like here's how to hook the man and keep him around and like all that stuff. And so thank you for like kind of calling that out because I, you see that in the dating world, but we see that in the coaching world and the business world, right? Here's the three keys to success. Here's the five things that millionaires do, yada, yada, yada. And it's so broad, or I would even use the word generic, right? Because not everybody's the same. Like, for example, I'm such a night owl. So to say that getting up at 5 a.m. is is the secret sauce of success, like F that, like I refuse to believe it. And so it's it's not tailored to each individual and how we function and, and utilizing our authentic, like our true nature. So I, I really love that and all the ways that it applies. And so, um, but I wanted, you were, it's very interesting because I don't know that you explicitly said anything like this, but I wanted to talk about like evolved relationships or elevated conversations in relationships, because based on what you were saying, like the, the, some of the best relationships, whether they be long-term or short-term for myself, the best experiences in relationship were when I was the most in love with myself or doing the work. And I manifested a relationship in alignment with it, whether that lasted or not, didn't necessarily matter. Cause even those relationships end in good ways on good terms. Right. And so I kind of felt called to ask, how do you guys, for our listeners, how do you guys have tough conversations or how do you navigate tough times? Yeah. With each other. Sure. Yeah. Do you have them? (laughs) I run really fast and she chases me down. This really big, like pool net. Yeah. And she's like, we're going to talk. And I'm like, no. Um, (laughs) You know, I think, I think the, the biggest thing for me, at least as someone who used to avoid those conversations yeah, or I would go along with whatever the, you know, I'd kind of go right into people pleasing. Yeah. Is 
just knowing like really in a, in an embodied way, knowing that all of the intimacy, like all of the deep connection, all of the real, right? Like the real connection is only available through those uncomfortable conversations that when we're willing to actually reveal ourselves, when we're willing to be messy, when I allow myself, if I'm going to share something like, it's okay. If I get teary, when I share it, it's okay. If I stumble in how I say it, it's okay. If one of us, you know, at first gets defensive or has a reaction and we, we sit and we stay with that. And we, you know, it's like not perfect. It doesn't, it doesn't always look like textbook, perfect communication because we're humans, but we know that on the other side of that, every single time on the other side of that, we're more connected. There's more truth. We learn how to be better partners for each other, right? We get to feel safer because we know whatever comes up, it's, it's all allowed here. I think that we are unintentionally living our lives. Like we jump out of airplanes, but like the second we leave the airplane, we already pull the parachute out. So it seems like we're living our lives doing these like, like crazy, amazing things, but we're like gently floating down to the earth and there's really no risk or no sense of aliveness. And I think we're doing that in work. We do that in love. And even when people think they're taking big risks. You, so you mean we collectively, right? Collectively. Yeah. Human. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. There are people that are not, there are people that are jumping out of the plane and actually not ever ah. really at all. Right. Their, their whole life. And I actually had a view of uh, in love that jump out of the plane, like don't release the parachute at all. Go splat because when your heart gets bro- broken, it's gonna, it hurts no matter how slow or how fast you, you walk into yeah. that. So if you protect yourself statement. for 30 years and then it breaks, it's gonna hurt as bad as if you, it gets broken in two months. Um, so you might as well like get the joy and the experience of the fall and the ride because you missed out on that and you still got your heart broken. And I think that's with anything, right? With, with like a pet or a job, like jump all the way in, get the experience because everything ends. Yeah. And I, I say this in relationship to your question, because we're so afraid that like the person's not going to like us, or we're going to get hurt, or we're going to say something that hurts someone's feelings that we're like, have that parachute out the whole time. So we, we often as men don't want to have those conversations because they make us uncomfortable right? So the falling is too scary. So we have a parachute and men have been taught that this actually makes them more men. We're like, no, you know, what's if it's scary and you're not willing to do it, or if it's uncomfortable and you're not willing to do it, that doesn't make you a man that makes you like scared. That's like childlike, right? That's the thing you're actually saying that you don't want to be. So as, as a man, and as somebody who works with a lot of men and a types, it's like, Hey, give the courage to be in these tough conversations. And it's not supposed to be easy when I want to say Evan brings them to me more than I bring them to her, but they're uncomfortable. And I have to do, you know, my program, my, my inner dialogue when Evan is upset about something is either I have to fix it, which is typical, like, right. Like a type or masculine. How do I solve this problem? Mm -hmm. Or it makes me feel like I didn't do good enough, right? I'm a failure. I'm a disappointment. Um, it's like the 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 pain of the masculine, the pain of the masculine. And so, one of the practices that I do is to just notice those thoughts, mm-hmm. right? She's not saying that you're a bad boyfriend or you're a bad partner. She's just sharing how she feels. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and here's a way that, and some people are like, yeah, but if she feels that way, then you, and here's would be my example is we could all go eat what someone considers the best burger mm-hmm. and someone doesn't like it yeah. or doesn't think it's the best. Does it mean it's not the best? Well, maybe, who knows, right? But we all, it tastes different to all of us. The same exact thing tastes different in all of our mouths. And that, so the thing that Evan is experiencing is about her. It's not actually, I'm right, I'm, and we're in it together. But if I make it then about me, then I can't hear or I'm wrong or I'm upset. So the practice is like just being with, just sitting there in the kind of the muck. And then trying to slow down whatever, right? For me, and I think for a lot of people, it's like we get defensive to slow down and and just try to like, hey, what does this person need? What are they asking for? Which is really scary and tough. So, but ultimately it's so much better because once you do it, it's go, it's like gone and it's over and you get to move on to whatever, you know, all the things that you like want to do and be up to that feel good. That's so good. It's so good to... And it, it is, it almost feels as confrontational as having the tough conversation is just being with whatever is being said or shared and it, like not non-combative, but just like re- to receive, you know, to receive and then maybe not add anything or attempt to not add your filters or layers or make it about you. That's like such a, a training ground. There's like so much there, like, how do we do that? So I kind of like, I just really want to stop and keep saying, guys, sign up for their program, sign up for their program. <laughs> and um, I want to ask you a question. First off, I love that you said everything ends. Thank you, my Buddhist friend, because yes. <laughs> and um, in, so I had heard a quote one time, which really has guided me throughout a lot of relationships and even business relationships or client relationships is say the thing that you fear will end your relationship. Yeah. Mm because it's very likely going to only grow it and have you two break through on something together. And so that took a lot of courage for me. Evan, you said something around... Um, I actually, I have something for you around that. If yeah, you go for it. it. I'll say, so yeah. I, have a, I have a client who went through this terrible situation in a marriage mm-hmm. and they have kids. She's primarily raising them. Yeah. And he was more of the financial support in this. And yeah. so when, when things didn't work out, right, they had an agreement of how it was going to go. And she's for the last few years, like the agreement ends at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And for the last few years, she has been seeing that ending as like this, it's like the apocalypse. is coming. Yeah. yeah. And now she's like, well, what am I going to do to generate the money I need to keep my lifestyle up when this situation ends? Yeah. She's a business owner. She's the capabilities like anyone else. She's a badass mom, business owner, but she's been staring down this barrel of doomsday yeah. for however many years it's been. And I powerfully reflected to her this week was like, you've spent the last how many years focusing on this fear and instead, and like this thing that you're running away from, you're actually running right to, and that we're often doing that in all our relationships. Forget about the bad things or we do that in our jobs. Yeah. That whatever we fear, we're if we don't get really clear and flat with it, we're actually yeah. towards it subconsciously. Yeah. And we're we're setting ourselves up to have to be with that thing yeah. instead of simply saying, wait a minute, what do we actually want? Yeah. Yep. And turning our attention to that. And I think in so many relationships, right? We're afraid of getting our heart. Oh, here, let me even say this simpler. Imagine if you bought a puppy and the day you bought it, you were like, oh my God, it's going to die. Oh my God. Yeah. It's gonna die. 
And for the next 15 years, however long it lived, you spent every day worrying about how it was going to die. Yeah. There, and there's, there are millions of people who live in that frame of mind. It's like, it's quite fascinating. And in, I don't mean to interrupt you even, but like in our attempt to avoid something, we create it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like that looming fear and you're magnifying it or um, magnetizing it. And so, yes, just like big yes to that. And in fact, that brings up the question that I was going to ask the both of you guys, which is like, what would you say to someone who has has completely given up hope on dating? They just feel hopeless. They feel defeated. So like, that's their conversation around dating. It's, we're gonna, I'm going to get my heart broken. It's going to go bad. I always attract this type of man, this type of woman. This is how dating goes for me. So essentially that they're attracting that. What kind? How would you coach someone through that mentality? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is having like just presencing people to what's predictable when that's how we're operating. Right. And actually taking responsibility, which is really uncomfortable. (laughs) You know, it's, it's so much easier to be like, well, dating is just terrible these days. And so it's impossible because the apps make it impossible and my city makes it impossible. And also my age makes it impossible. And also here are all of the things outside Uh, that make this thing hopeless. And when we do that, we are, we're totally disempowered to have it go any other way. Right. We're at the mercy of all of that. So when we're willing and ready to take responsibility, and to look at like, yeah, if I'm operating with this mentality, how does that have me show up? How does that have me actually create those kinds of experiences over and over, right? I think it's really important. Sometimes the conversation out there around manifestation or right law of attraction to some people feels really like woo-woo, right? It's like, well, I, I don't know. I don't want to believe that just because I had that thought that the, then the person walks over to me because... You know, I was like, (laughs) I'm only attract unavailable people. And then I walk into a bar full of unavailable people that feels like magic. But instead we, when we can look at it really concretely and talk about the psychology of it, the confirmation bias of it all, how we actually have blinders on to anyone who doesn't fit with our belief system, right? How, if we don't believe that we are, you know, that we're worthy or that it's possible for us, we don't even go on dates or how, when you meet someone who is, so much, you know, so much more invested in you or available than you, than you expect people to be. Then we, then we get suspicious. We're like, well, what's their agenda? They must just be trying to sleep with me and we sabotage. Right. So as we start to look at that, if someone is willing to take responsibility, it can be an incredibly empowering conversation because we realize, whoa, that means if I'm responsible for having created all of that, I could also be responsible for shifting my mindset for uprooting those limiting beliefs, for learning how to put my attention on what I want instead of what I don't want. And I could start to believe in the possibility that that could really change who I'm attracting, who I'm choosing, the kinds of experiences that I'm having. I love that. Um, Shifting that focus. And I had just put up yesterday, like, if you don't have what you want, it's because you're more committed to your limitator dreams or desires, right? Like we, we kind of fight for them like this. When you were saying all the out external obstacles, it's like, it kind of sh- takes shape as like, this is my truth to like, this is the truth. And yeah. it's just so rock solid in the world that they can't possibly create another possibility or, or outcome. Um, what do you think about all that, Alex? <laughs> I, I agree with all of it. And I, I think the only piece that I would add is that we're so often committed to how things, the result, like how they look. Yeah. You know, we forget like how the creation of it works. It doesn't always look like you thought. I have this great story where 
I actually, Audi gave me a free Audi once. Cool. (laughs) How did you? So in my twenties, I I knew about law of attraction. I wasn't like into coaching, but I was, I I used to be in the bar world. Right. Yeah. But there was something that it like pulled at a heartstring to sometimes listen to like audios of that concept. So a lot of times I would listen to stuff like that when I was like, getting ready in the morning, people listen to music. I would listen to like stuff like that. Yeah. I sort of believed it, but sort of didn't enough that I would listen. But in the shower every day, I would close my eyes and imagine the Audi A5 that I wanted. I would imagine, imagine, imagine. And like two years later, I would I saw this car in a used car lot and I bought this Audi A5. And I, I spent all the money I had, right? I was like yeah. way out of my lane. And over the next year, all I had was problems with it. Problems, 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 problems. Like never, it was like this dream that didn't really work out. Mm. Well, then somebody said to me, you know, you might have like a lemon law thing here. Mm-hmm. And so I went through that process. I didn't have to pay anyone or I just had to send all this stuff to Audi. And Audi was like, hey, yeah, we're really sorry. Like your cars had the same problems over and over again, even though it was used. Yeah. We're giving you a free car. We get, you can either have all your money back from what you paid for that car, or we can give you a free car. So I told them what I wanted. And then they called me back and they're like, oh, we don't have that available right now. Like the 2000 and whatever's are out of, they've already been sold in the color combination. And I'm like, oh, and the guy goes, so do you, if you weren't willing to wait like another month or two, the, the next year's model comes out and we'll have one delivered to you. Wow. And it was like, wait, what? And, and that's why I got this free car. A month later, I got a job in New York City. Yes. And right. And then I ended up selling the car. Yeah. And so this thing that I so wanted showed up in a way that was so right. First, I had to deal with that. I got it and it wasn't what I wanted, right? It was all the problems and all that. Mm. And because I was still so committed and still Mm -hmm. have a very positive attitude about it, Mm. the one thing was like every time my car broke out, he would give me a different car, car to drive. So I was like driving all these different random cars, but I was like embracing the experience. So I was still focused on the positive. And then this car that seemed like a dream showed up, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. And I look back and I'm like, man, I created all of that. I created this whole experience. And now when I went to New York, I didn't need the car, right? Like it was, (laughs) and I think that's how everything is. I know you've probably seen this. And I know Evan has like in our client practices, we're like looking for one kind of person and we do all these things and they don't show up, but someone else shows up. Yeah. That's actually what we wanted or a way better version or a different experience, or we learned something. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing that people miss in dating that every single person that's a misfire, every mm-hmm. bad opportunity, yeah. if you're um, focused on what you want is one step closer to that thing. Mm-hmm. But every yeah. time you go, Oh, this sucks. Here's another one of those. It's like you push yourself further away. Yeah. So it's either, are you moving closer or further, further away? And that's what your attention's all about. That's what your focus is all on. And it doesn't mean you don't get to experience disappointment. Every time my car broke down, I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. But then I got to decide who I was going to be to keep moving myself forward. I could sit mm-hmm. and be sad about it mm-hmm. or I could go enjoy this car that I got for a week, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it so much. And I, I've definitely, I, I love that we've come around to the law of attraction conversation. Cause that's <laughs> always fun for me, but, um, I have been very intentional about like the people I have manifested in relationship and, 
it's very interesting because, you know, you go from 80% compatible to 85 and then 90. And when they're in the 90s, it's really hard to distinguish because <laughs> you're like, oh, this is so good. This is so close. But like, if someone's 95, they're still not 100. If someone's 98, they're still not 100. And so you get to decide like, is this a long-term relationship or is this one one of the manifestations along the route, essentially, you know? And so it's like been very interesting to navigate that journey and, uh, you know, get closer and closer and hold the dream of having this relationship that you see in your mind's eye or this business that, because again, it applies to all areas, right? So it's like, is it is it in alignment? Am I in alignment? Am I fully in self-love? Am I fully committed to the, to the declared or desired outcome or what I feel called to? So I just, I love what you guys are laying out. Alex, you got something to uh, share? I'm just like, I don't even know how we know the answers to those things, right? Like Seriously. How- how do Evan and I know that we're 95% or 100% or 80% compatible? Right? It's all made, that's all made up. It's all, yeah. <laughs> it's not like even arbitrary right? science, right? It's not like our heart rate where we're going, oh, we can just count how many times it beats in a minute. Mm-hmm. We, I, I think, and I think this is a, whether it be love or your purpose or your partner, it's a choice every day. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not, Evan and I don't work because we're hundred percent compatible. Yeah. Our past relationships didn't not work because they were 50% compatible. Yeah. It stopped working because the people involved decided that we didn't want them to work anymore. Mm-hmm. That we weren't willing to play the games or do that obstacle course. That doesn't yeah. mean that we're failures, right? They got us ready for whatever was coming next. Yeah. And I think that applies to like, everything you're successful in your in your publishing business and your coaching practice and we are too because every day we wake up and we're committed to it mm-hmm. regardless of how it's going that doesn't mean we have bad days or we don't cry or we don't right yep. but that we we pull ourselves together yeah and we, and we show up as the people we need to be in service of that commitment and i think that's ultimately what love is because every day you wake up and you're gonna look at the person next to you and that you're not gonna feel in love every day yeah. You're not going to feel like they're the best or the funniest or the smartest or the hottest or the sweetest. Some days you're going to wake up next to them and be like, she wakes up next to me. Like, it's like every Tuesday, that's her reaction. Um, <laughs> uh, but you're going to have those, right? It's the ebbs and the flows. But if you're like, no, yeah. but I'm committed to something bigger. I'm committed yes. to love. I'm committed, committed to the, the growth that comes with this relationship. Then it's like, okay, how do I then recommit to love? So if I wake up and I'm and I'm not feeling as in love today, mm-hmm. or I'm not feeling like being a coach today, what yeah. do I do to get myself, right? Do I need to write her like a note to telling mm-hmm. her how much I love her, which is really about me reminding myself how much I love her? Yeah. Do I need to, you know, do things that I like in my business to get me more motivated? Mm-hmm. I, think, I, I just think that's such a big piece that we, that we miss is like, it's all, it's a choice. Your purpose is a choice. Yeah. It's not waiting. Your partner's not waiting for you. Your your life isn't waiting for you. You choose it. Mm-hmm. And then you take actions that make it reality. Yes. Thank you for the for the perspective shift or the the expansion of perspective on that statement. Cause you're right, is all arbitrary and relative and bringing in the concept of choice. Like choosing and committing and recommitting and recommitting and re- and like it's so mundane to recommit all the time, <laughs> every time. And I think that a lot of us expect particularly business and relationship to be like fireworks and parades, like very much a lot of the time. And, and it's mostly mundane and repetitive and consistent. So <laughs> thank, thank you for that. <laughs> Evan, what would you like to say as we start to wrap up? Would you, what would you like to share with our audience? 
Yeah, you know, what? one thing that was coming up for me during that conversation was just how important it is to, to also choose to discover and choose what really matters to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, we so often get distracted by the... Like when I hear the kind of percentages around compatibility, where my mind goes that I've seen with so many clients early on in our work together is like the hundred point checklist of all of the things we're looking for, right? And we're like, if if a hundred, if I get a hundred out of a hundred, that's hundred yeah. percent compatible, right? Yeah. But so many of those things are often either totally surface level, yeah, fleeting things, right? Like the spark we think we're supposed to feel immediately, whatever that is, or they're conditioned. They're like what our parents or society or media or whatever taught us that we should be looking for. And so we're constantly like judging and analyzing people, right? When we're going out on dates or even once we're in a relationship based on that massive, unattainable, <laughs> arbitrary <laughs> list, rather than what are those core values? What are those, you know, those pieces that actually create fulfillment and alignment? You know, what is our, Alex and I, one thing that we got so present to early on is just how we have this shared vision of our, of our lives, of the kind of family we want to create, of the way we operate in our, in the world and in our businesses and our home. And, you know, the, the, feeling the experience of our life that we want to create. Right. And there's so much alignment in our, in our values. And there are places where we're not identically aligned, right. Where there are places where our values look or or show up a little bit differently or where, you know, our interests differ a bit or whatever it is. Right. Right. And that's, that's more than okay. That actually provides (laughs) and makes life interesting and there's (laughs) growth and expansion and navigating all that together. But those are the things that I return to when I'm having days where I'm like, oh, I, you know, I miss living alone. I just get, I don't feel like interacting with anyone in this moment. I'm moody or hormonal or whatever it is, right? It has nothing to do with him mm-hmm. uh, or whatever it is, right? Coming back to like, what actually matters? Yeah. What actually matters? We put so much attention on so much, you know, social media comes to mind. Like they're yeah. just, we are bombarded with distractions. We are mm-hmm. bombarded both externally and in our own minds with a million things that can take us out of alignment or can take us out of enjoyment Mm -hmm. of the present. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, just like coming back to what matters to me, choosing what you're committed to, knowing that you're, you're worthy of that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then, and then just like being in this present moment. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much juice here. I, it there is this whole episode, and I love it. And I'm, I'm like still loving your guys's feedback, especially specifically on like what I said about compatibility, right? Because you're right that it's like come up with the checklist, and then if he meets that, then that's the one. And it's like it's not because that checklist often doesn't have what you said about core values. Mm-hmm. And so you said it's very can be superficial. So as you were sharing it, it almost was like for me, just listening and listening into what I got to what I said and what you said is much more around compatibility, meaning alignment and not trying to like mix and mangle them, but like knowing if you, if you're like walking that path and then obviously choosing to walk that path with somebody and that saying like, well, we're not compatible. It's we're, you're out of here. That's it. You know? So I really, I appreciate this because it's, it, you're bending my mind in the moment and I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> Alex, do you have any uh, final words for our listeners today? 
I think it's that it all feels like it's a head game, but it's actually not. That whether it's this thing that Evan was just talking about, all of that list, like I agree with all of it. And it's if we spend, we're sitting on a date and we're in our heads. Yeah. And I'm not saying just your, you know, your, your heart isn't lusting also, right? It's not like we'll just go with the primal urges you have either. Yeah. We're not connecting to each other from our hearts. We're not actually saying what's there. We're like narrating it. We're talking around it. We're talking about it. Mm -hmm. We're protecting it. And we do this in our businesses too, right? Somebody we're sitting around. So many of my clients are like, well, this is the way I have to make money. And I like hate it. And it's like, but it's not. Yeah. Let's come up with like, first of all, find five people in your industry who are doing it different. Because there are five people in every industry that are doing it different. Yeah. And now we're not to say go copy them, but let's make a list of 25 ways that you could do it in a way that would actually be enjoyable or that your heart would get lit up. Yeah. You're going to fail on a lot of those. Yeah. But maybe you find something. And I think that's that piece of we spend, our, our heads are designed to keep us alive mm-hmm. and solve some problems. Mm-hmm. But we're using our heads to do everything. And it doesn't actually work. So, you know, choose how you want to, like the way you want to experience your life or you want to do love, choose what matters to you, like from your heart. And then, yeah, use your brain to like come up with, you know, my brain created the adventure, right? My brain had to fill fill in the gaps, the details, but I didn't want my brain to do the adventure. I didn't want my brain to interact, like Mm -hmm. to be the evaluating factor. Yeah. Not good at that. Your brain is not good at evaluating love. Yeah. It's not good at evaluating actually how you should run your business. Yeah. Amen. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's not good at running how you should and deciding how you should run your business. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to say if it's complicated, your ego's involved. Like it, it your brain is running the show because if you it, you know, you know the right next step and what's aligned from your heart. Uh, there's one more thing. I want I don't want anyone to think that like, you know, I'm really about like, hey, if, if you're not enjoying it, then there's something off. I also don't want people to think that like to not do hard things yeah, yeah, or to not challenge or be uncomfortable because I think right. the rewards are often on the other side of discomfort or challenging things. Totally. But you can fall in love with those things too. And I think an easy example is sometimes when we're exercising, you can get yourself turned on by pushing yourself harder than you've ever pushed yourself, which feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And the results on the other side, but you could also sit there and be like, oh, this is so hard. This is so hard. This is so hard. Or you could be like, wait, how hard, how hard can I go? And then realizing your capability on the other side of that mm-hmm. coming out like, fuck yeah, <laughs> I got this. So you guys, you got this. This has been so, so great. Remind us one more time where we can find you in the interwebs. Yeah. Yourloveadventure.com is a website that has the questionnaire. If you're curious at all about anything going on in our world. Yeah. Um, we would love to, to have you submit that form. Um, and then Instagram really is where we, where we're hanging out your love adventure or either of our personal Instagrams, Evan Rose and inspirational Alex. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're just so, so happy to connect, support anyone who is ready to do love differently. Yeah. Beautiful. And this certainly is different, but I love what you guys said too, in the very beginning, like if apps work for you, great. If going to the bar works for you, great. Going to the gym works for you, great. But this is something that probably many people haven't tried this approach. And so I think it would work for a lot of people. And you guys, it seems to work for you pretty darn well. So thank you for being a brilliant, shining, walking, talking, living, breathing, thriving example of the adventure of the work and Mm -hmm. for offering it to the world. 
Thank you for having us. This is such a fun conversation. Awesome. And hearts, ooh, I hope you got exactly what you needed today. This was quite an adventure itself of a conversation. So thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.